Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has a chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner and I use they, them pronouns. And today we are doing something that we said we'd wait until next year, but we're like, you know what? No, it's kind of topical. We can do it in Christmas. So today, in honor of the movie that came out this weekend of release, time is... Listen, we record like a week and a half ahead of time. It's We haven't seen it yet, but it comes out, it, it is out by the time this episode comes out. We're rebooting Cats. Time is but a flat circle. We are rebooting Attack the Clones. This is correct. Also, we are... Hey, hey Lindsay, uh, remember when you said that uh, I needed to go back and listen to episodes we did when we're doing like sequels to episodes? Yes. Well, I did actually do that. <laughs> Because I also did that at work today. Good. <laughs> well, you're supposed to be working at work, Lindsay. I work in an office. I can do what I want. Good. Also, like, there's no background music there, so everybody is, like, super quiet. So, yeah, having headphones on and listening to podcasts or music is encouraged. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think you mentioned one time that the only thing you're not allowed to do is just whip your switch out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm unionized. <laughs> I mean, I am too, but I think it would be frowned upon if I was at customer service just listening to podcasts and I'd be like, uh, hold, on, hold on one second there. They're talking about Power Rangers. I can't help you with this return. <laughs> no. So yeah, I did listen to it. And so we're rebooting Attack of the Clones, but also we need to reboot a little bit of Phantom Menace still because there's still some things yeah. we left hanging on that one. Yes, we did. Um, I think when we were talking back during the May the 4th episode... It was a lot about just the concept of the prequels in general and how do we make Anakin work? Yes, because, like, everybody else kind of does work. Yeah. One of the things that I brought up during the uh, Phantom Menace episode but we never really followed up on was if we want to do anything with Han Solo because what I said was that it makes more sense if Han was the pod racer. Yeah. Now, Han, age-wise... Because we have a timeline to work with. He's about, like, what, five years older than Luke and Leia? Yeah, that's what I want to say. Yeah. So, he actually wouldn't be around a lot for, like, the early stuff involving Anakin and Padme. Yeah, so do we So do we just want to, like, not have Han at all? Yeah, I would say, like, if we're going to do this, like, how a lot of the series has gone, maybe... I don't know, introduce him in, like, uh, an animated TV series? Yeah, I mean, or we can... Listen, if if we're going to be going through the whole Star Wars series, at some point we are going to, like, happen upon rebooting Solo. Yeah. So we can worry about him when we get there. Because one of the... We did a little call-out for uh, people's feelings on Attack of the Clones, and one of the things that Janine mentioned was pod racing was abandoned too early. Other than that, perfect movie. <laughs> and I, I do like the pod racing, but I feel like in the movie we're building, it doesn't necessarily have a spot. Yeah. A whole, we'll make a whole pod racing miniseries. Yeah. Coming this fall to Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Ryan is right about uh, young Anakin, like, just talking about pod racing as an eight-year-old, because that's what eight-year-olds do. Yeah, that's true. It's just... It's just because the whole, the reason I, I, it's hard for me to associate Anakin with pod racing 
and the piloting stuff is because that was never a big thing later in the series. Like, yeah, that was a weird thing. And like, as Darth Vader, it was never a really important thing to his character that he was a really good pilot. Like, that seems something more like in the later trilogy, in the sequel trilogy, Kylo Ren, aka Ben Solo, is a really good pilot. Like, yeah, there's no denying it. But I think that should come from Han. Hmm. Although, see now the thing. The other thing is that we're as we reboot this in the alternate timeline, where we have bought Lucasfilm back from Disney. <laughs> like it sounds like we're starting things from the beginning instead of doing the four, five, six, and then the one, two, three. Yeah. So we have the opportunity to go, just reach ahead and change things in the quote-unquote original trilogy. <laughs> So that they make more sense, the things the prequel does makes more sense there. Yeah. So we could just make the piloting have more weight in, what do I want, the Rebellion era, I guess? Yeah. So then when, and then we do have Anakin doing the pod racing, and it makes a little bit more sense. Okay, yeah. For the character. Yeah. And then we can parlay that into the piloting and the piloting into later stuff. Yeah, and I guess we can give later Darth Vader some more... I don't know. Dogfights? Dogfights in space. Um, and I think, I'm trying to, I think there was one other thing that we didn't really touch on a lot. Um, I think, like, I said very early on that I wanted to make Padme the main character. Yes. And I think to do that, we do need to have more stuff with Palpatine. And I said to you not that long ago that I think a good model for how their relationship works is like to all of our Hamilton friends. They're like Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. They have different ideas initially on how to fix the, fix the galactic Republic. Well, see, I don't know if that's the best analogy because, um, Palpatine is trying to do a fascism. Yeah, that's true. But also Aaron Burr was the son of a bitch. So, I have not seen Hamilton, and I'm not a history major, so I don't know that much. Well, um, basically, Aaron Burr tried to create his own kingdom out of the Louisiana Purchase. Huh. Yeah. All I know about Aaron Burr is that Leslie Odom Jr. does a good singing. Yeah, that is true. And I think the only vice president to get involved in a duel... It's time to d d d d d d d democracy And the first one out of two to shoot someone deliberately. Oh yeah, he did do that. <laughs> I don't know. It, the whole relationship between Palpatine and Padme seems kind of weird because they didn't really have a lot of conflict early on about like what they should be doing, and I think that should be better established earlier on. Yeah, they definitely need to be, well, they would be political allies in the first one, especially because they're both from Naboo. It's like, yeah, how'd it go? Because first off, uh, Palpatine was the senator of Naboo, and then he was elected... Chancellor. Yes, Chancellor. And then Padme became the senator, as well as the queen. Or, no, she um, abdicated the throne. Or, I think being queen of... Naboo is weird. It's almost like a semi-elected position. Let me look up Naboo in politics. 
Because would it would it be like if Harry renounced his royal title so that he could run for prime minister? Uh, Palpatine t- says in the first, in episode one, to state our allegations, I present Queen Amidala, recently elected ruler of Naboo, who speaks on our behalf. Yeah, so it definitely is an elected monarchy. Why don't they get to how the fucking political system works? Well, if she's elected queen, I would imagine yeah. that the queen is just a holdover from the previous system, and it is basically their stand-in for president or prime minister or whatever. Yeah. And then the senator is just a different political position because they represent their the planet's needs in the... Okay, here we go. Outer spatial... Yeah, so after Thanks. serving the maximum two four-year terms, uh, Padme Amidala was replaced by Queen Jamilia. Uh, Jamilia asked for Padme Amidala to continue serving Naboo as its senator. So, there. It's an elected position of two four terms, and you have to do the two full terms. I, I don't know why, but okay. So Padme and Palpatine would be allies in episode one, and then episode two. Okay, I think we can start moving into episode two stuff. Yeah. Episode two is when Padme starts realizing that Palpatine is trying to grab more control over the Republic from his position as Chancellor. Yeah, and engineering a crisis involving the Outer Rim and the Separatists. We need to make the Separatists more sympathetic, because from what I understand, a lot of them do make up a whole bunch of the resistance later on. And a lot of them are also from Outer Rim worlds. Yeah. Or may, not necessarily Outer Rim, but closer to the Outer Rim than the other, like the rest of the Republic. Yeah. Because as, like, as the Republic becomes more insular, those on the edges of those systems, they're going to be left out and they're going to realize, oh, they're kind of just abandoning us a lot like they abandoned these Outer Rim worlds long ago that we thought we were better than. Yeah. <laughs> Or that we thought that we were safe because we're on these various uh, trade routes or whatever. And no, no, we're just being exploited. Yeah. So, let's see. So what are the points we need to cover? We need to have Padme realizing that Palpatine is doing sketchy stuff. And at the same time, Anakin starting to become closer to Palpatine. Yeah. Because of his own emotional needs not being met by the Jedi, mostly. Yes. So I have an idea for both of these, or two okay. two ideas. So one of them is that Anakin will discover that Palpatine is Force-sensitive. Yeah. And he can say that it was a similar case to Anakin, where he was too old for the Jedi to bring him in, so he like had to train on his own with the Force. And Palpatine will be like, well, I was never trained, but hang on. Let me see if I can find a Palpatine voice. And uh, have you ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? I was, I was born with the Force, but the Jedi Council never found me until it was too late. So they would not train me. I had to train myself. I may not be as elegant as your Master Obi Wan, but I have discovered a few tricks that the Jedi would deem sinister. <laughs> And Anakin's just like, yeah, but I'm 18, you can shoot lightning, so that's rad. <laughs> yeah. Thinking with um, the stupid brain. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, still got too much sand in there. And like the Jedi Council, <laughs> at no point are they going to be like, hey, if you see someone use force lightning, that's bad. Because they're so like, oh, well, there is only really one Sith left now. We don't have to worry about him. And he's definitely not in charge of the government. Uh, they're looking at Dooku. 
Yes. Oh, we can't get Christopher Lee back for that. We wouldn't, if, like, if we're remaking this in the future, we wouldn't be able to get a lot of people back for this. Yeah, that's true. Who is the same level of gravitas as Christopher Lee? Oh, like, my immediate go-to, because they were in the same franchise, would be um, Ian McKellen, but, like, I don't know if physically he'd be up for it. I don't think so. Yeah, because, like, I... One of the reasons why Christopher Lee ended up turning down the role or was rejected for the role of Gandalf was because it's actually a lot more physically demanding than he thought it would be. And he was already like in his like late 70s, early, early 80s. And he's like, oh, I can't do that shit anymore. <laughs> My first thought is Charles Dance. Oh. But he's also 73 years old. So we have That's to get true. him in there now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's also the possible go-to of Stellan Skarsgård, but, like, he's kind of my go-to for a lot of stuff now. Um, yeah, you're always casting him in things. Yeah, unless we want to go younger than than that. Jason Isaacs? Oh, yeah, that would work. Yeah, because I was also thinking of the big, booming voice. Mm-hmm. And then, so, and the other idea I had for why Padme is being suspicious of Palpatine and why Anakin is starting to grow closer to him. So after Padme's assassination attempt, because in the original movie, it's like, we're going to have Anakin guard you in like this lovely Naboo estate. Yeah. And you can tussle in the grass and talk about sand and do a pair floaty. They really did not have any chemistry at all. Tragically, they did not. Yeah. Um, in this one, it's not just a random estate in Naboo. Palpatine is like, well, you can come to my estate on Naboo. They would never be able to get you there. The full force of the Chancellor's Guardians would be protecting you. (laughs) I have no idea how close I am to any kind of (laughs) imitation of Palpatine. Uh, I I don't know. It's been a while. Um... I'm going to listen to a voice clip. Do you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> Anakin and Padme, you can come to my estate in Naboo, and we will have the full force of the Republic's defenses there to protect you, and Anakin, you can especially protect <laughs> Padme. And I was not trained by the Jedi, despite my force sensitivity. I have trained myself, and while I may not be as elegant as your friend Obi-Wan, I have developed some powers of my own, though the Jedi might consider them uncouth. <laughs> now, Anakin, let me use Move Tutor on you, and you will use the Move Future site. It will be super effective, but also your mother is dying. <laughs> Oh, just stick the knife in. Well, yeah, well, like, that can... Like, Padme is trying to find evidence of Palpatine's, like, involvement with the Separatist systems. Yeah. Because she's, like, she's gonna be... Something's gonna tip her off, and she's gonna, like... I think think Palpatine's playing both sides. I think your friend Palpatine and your pal friend Patine... (laughs) (laughs) Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> My god, it was Canada, the secret homeworld of the Sith. Now, now you ever hear of the story of Darth Plagueis the Wisey? 
<laughs> I had a plan to Tatooine is just a bunch of banjo picking inbreds. <laughs> so come to Naboo, you're gonna kiss the cod. <laughs> Here's a two and a two four and a and a double double. Don't forget your timbits. <laughs> Greasiest hut you ever seen walking up to me at the pod racing station the other day. <laughs> your your cousin put a womp rat in your glove compartment because he called him a dial tone on the hollow net. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's that. Yeah. We had to get that Canadianness out. Yes. There's also Obi-Wan uh, investigating the clone army, which I would say can stay mostly the same. Yeah. And we can keep some of the Mandalorian connections in there. Yes, definitely. are based off of Jango Fett. Yeah. So last time we did this, we had to do the disclaimer that we hadn't seen Solo yet. Yeah. Uh, this time we have to actually, I don't know. Have you seen Solo yet? I haven't gone around to seeing Solo yet, but I've read spoilers. And have you seen anything of the Mandalorian beyond Baby Yoda gifts? Uh, Ryan has told me that it's basically like Lone Wolf and Cub in space meets a Western. But you haven't actually watched it. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't either. So again, any any Mandalore lore <laughs> that comes up in Mandalorian, we don't know about. Yeah. So I think we can just put a blank statement of tighten up that Mandalore lore better. <laughs> Give Yoda's species a fucking name. Well, we can do that in episode three. Okay. Just because I want... Hmm. What if we just take out... What if we take out Jango Fett entirely? Oh, okay. And Boba Fett is just the guy. Yeah. And then when Boba Fett shows up in later, he's just like... He's this fucking old bastard. And he's like, I just need one more hit. And that fucker Han Solo. Now in my mind he's played by Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, just take out Django Fett. Because we didn't need... We didn't need that... I can barely call it a subplot. Of yeah. Django and his son Boba. And da-da-da-da. Yeah. That... Actually here... Okay, so here's something. Here's something I do know about the Mandalorian lore. Is that a lot of Mandalore culture has them adopting kids that are like orphaned by war or other stuff like they're okay. all about raising foundlings as their own yeah so it's w kind of just weird that Django would be like i couldn't get a kid of my own so i cloned myself yeah a more logical explanation in my mind is i needed the money so i let these weird people take some of my dna yeah Obi-Wan's subplot basically stays the same. We've got Padme doing more, and we've got Anakin basically being a fuckboy or turning into a fuckboy. <laughs> well, we would definitely have some rom-com in there, but yeah. with, like, actors that have better chemistry. Yeah. Um, I would say, like... It's just Tom Holland and Zendaya again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I want to see villainous Tom Holland. Yeah. I think he could do it. Well, actually, he's shooting Cherry Bomb right now, which is about a soldier with PTSD who went on a bank robbing spree, so... Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, that's not cool, but the fact yeah. that he's in the movie is cool. Yeah. That is true. 
And robbing banks is a little cool. Yeah. PTSD is not cool. No, no. And it would be great if it weren't around anymore, but yeah. So there's all that. I would say, uh, how do you solve a problem like Jar Jar? Well, I think, if I remember correctly, in when we did Phantom Menace, we got rid of Jar Jar. Yeah. And then the Gungans, we just had kind of this uh, vague statement of make them better. Yeah. The Gungans are basically of like of the marginalized group of Naboo. Yeah. And we can have them like form a better alliance with the humans of Naboo without making them huge stereotypes. Yeah. So how do you solve the problem with like Jar Jar? You remove Jar Jar. Yeah. And then instead of it being him who gives Palpatine the um, emergency powers. Emergency powers. Let's say that Anakin does it. Yeah. So this would go back to the whole Separatist situation where it was framed as like a Separatist invasion, but maybe it's like, say, um, you have Count Dooku who is acting as this rebel leader. Um, maybe he is part of the Sith. Maybe it's a red herring because maybe Palpatine hasn't actually found his apprentice yet. Ooh. But he wants one. Yes, he wants one because he knows. He took one look at Anakin and said, Oh yeah, break me off a piece of that. <laughs> so they managed to frame an insurrection going on in one of the outer worlds as being like this, uh, oh, these uh, rebels who don't know what's good for them or the terrorists or some sort of... Oh, oh, that actually, okay. So that does actually tie into one of the other comments we got from Christina at Seawood's Art. Uh, and she said it's been a while since she last saw Attack of the Clones, but what stuck with her is the political manipulation and the criminal underground, and the fact that someone puts a hit out on Padme and no one ever tries it again. Yeah, because like I could see Palpatine planning these hits and making it look like um, it's the Separatists trying to get at her. Yeah, because, well, because we have the... There are actually two attempted assassinations, because yeah. there's the Crews are exploding at the beginning. Yeah. And then there's the shapeshifting Zam Wessel. Yeah. Who also, the fact that there are shapeshifters in Star Wars is never brought up again. Yeah. And she doesn't even use the shapeshifting as, oh, oh shit, oh, I just had a brilliant idea. Okay. We're taking Zam Wessel the name out. Okay. The shapeshifting assassin that goes after Padme. Yeah. Is Boba Fett. I love it. And because they're a shapeshifter, obviously they're non-binary. Yeah. But they can present as femme more often than not if we want to. <laughs> we can have that tie into like them being a really good um, template for the Kaminoans to clone people from. Yeah. Because shapeshifter DNA is like good with that. It's like Eevee DNA. Exactly. You use a Firestone on your clone trooper. <laughs> And they're suddenly better with a flamethrower. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then that uh, the weird, and then Man Mandalorian stuff happens. I mean, I'm not <laughs> obviously this means Boba Fett is not actually Mandalorian now. But as you said, like they have a tendency of just raising up foundlings as their own. So maybe the definition of a Mandalorian is a lot more loosey goosey than in other places. I mean, that is the vibe that I got. That like. Man, like, if you're Mandalorian, that's no different than if you're 
ethnic Jewish. Yeah, it's like, we took you in, you're part of the culture, that's all that really matters. And you're, like, you're, you're, a hu- you're human, and you're from a culture of Mandalore, but that doesn't make you any different on, like, a biological level than any other humans yeah. from any other planets. And yeah, Mandalore is more like the culture and uh, religion for those who are close enough to it. I guess it would be more like um, in Islam, there's the concept of the, I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's called the Ulma. It's like you are part of the Islamic community first and foremost. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So for a Mandalorian, no matter where you came from, you are a Mandalorian if you were raised a Mandalorian. Yeah, that I can definitely vibe with. Yeah, so we'll do that. And that means that Mandalore, like, they're chill about their shit. Yeah, and like, we still wouldn't have to delve deep into their stuff, but it does mean that when we do, it does kind of dovetail a little bit better. Yeah, and then the other stuff, because like, the thing about Attack of the Clones is that it was a mixture of having, like, a good idea for a plot way down in there, weighed down by a bad script, bad acting, and really bad special effects. I mean, I liked the special effects, but they weren't great at the time. I think this is just kind of a blanket statement for all the Star Wars that we gotta lean more into the practical. Yeah, because the problem with CGI is that it both takes a long time to animate a lot of a lot of the stuff, especially the money shots, and very few tend to age well. Yeah, the only one, literally the only one, is Jurassic Park. Yeah, they got lucky with that one. Oh, and the reason is because it was actually a combination of CGI and practical. Okay. Like they basically they used a practical for a lot of shots where the dinosaurs didn't have to be walking essentially yeah and then the cgi was basically modeled off of the animatronics okay um so it's it's kind of a similar thing to what they did with the reboot of the thing where they had a whole bunch of practical stuff for the thing but then they just overlaid it all with cgi but that didn't really work because you didn't actually see any of the practical stuff it was like stand-ins yeah it was like a mocap suit but it was a robot Oh, okay. It would it would be like if we took your your best friend animatronic Salem and <laughs> stuck the dots on them and then used those to create a CGI Salem. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. So, like we can bring CGI to clean stuff up, but yeah. for the most part we got to go practical. Yeah. And CGI is used to clean stuff up regularly in um in film. Like there's a lot of stuff that you don't really notice, but it's mostly like background stuff. Yeah. Uh, the problem is more like the big scenes and what people have been noticing for the past while and why a lot of Hollywood films, like the big blockbusters, have been criticized for being very samey, aside from being like owned by Disney and having a template for how they're supposed to be, is those big money shots are often created very early on in pre-protection because they take the longest to make. Yeah. So everything has to be planned around these, and you can't just scrap them, because mm-hmm. animation is hard. Yeah, and if if we made a lot of this stuff more practical, it would be gorgeous, because yeah. the seed of a lot of the set design is so good. Yeah, and like they did go to like real places, like um, 
yeah, the whole romance between Anakin and Padme is cheesy, but you know where they filmed? They filmed in fucking Italy. They went to, like, actual villas around Lake Como, which is one of the most romantic spots in the entire country. <laughs> so with the CGI stuff, I, we can dovetail that into our third and final comment from uh, Cassidy at M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-N-A-S-T. Mad Lobotanist. She says, I had a lot of toys of the cool speeders from the beginning of the movie. If you smash the front ends in, they'd launch parts off. It was designed to do this. I used them a lot when playing as a kid, along with the toy of Anakin's pod racer that I disconnected from the engines. I had what you might call too many Star Wars toys growing up. I also had an Anakin action figure that had Magnus put in its hands so that I could use the force on its lightsaber that had a metal hilt. Its other hand was loose enough that I could take it out as battle damage. Okay. I just wanted to get that last comment in because that vaguely ties into just special effects stuff because obviously the some of the money shots are going to be turned into toys. Yeah. Like the Colosseum battle at the end, yes. which I still like. Yeah, that was pretty good. That is why Attack of the Clones was one of my favorites for a while. Okay. And just imagine us redoing it with practical. Yes. It would look amazing. Mm-hmm. We do need to tie some of the stuff together because we have to get... Anakin to Tatooine so that he can witness his mother's death and have kind of his breaking dark side moment. Yeah. Which is still good. Yeah. Maybe Um, it wasn't acted the best? Yeah. Hayden Christensen, he was still such a young actor and Mm -hmm. that move, the prequel trilogy did not help him. Or the two movies of the prequel trilogy did not help him. But hey, if we're going to get Tom Holland, like, and a good director. Also, I think we should save the sand speech for when they get to Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's more of a, I left this planet because sand sucks. Yeah, like, actually, everyone mocks it, so just play it for laughs. Yeah. We could even, like, they land and Padme's walking out. I was like, even though it's pretty barren, it's, it has some nice views. And Adkins like, I fucking hate sand. Are you kidding me, Padme? <laughs> <laughs> I got sand in my fucking boots already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I I feel like after that point, everything would just kind of follow the same route. Uh, yeah. The main exception being that Anakin would be the one giving uh, Palpatine the special, the emergency powers. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost like the the first half of the movie was the really weak part and the second half was far stronger. Yeah. From what I remember, it's also been a while since I've watched this movie. I read a summary. Um, let me think. Cause Anakin, well, okay. So Anakin can't like, he can't just walk up to the Senate and say, Hey guys, give him Pat. Well, actually maybe he can. Um, he could phone in. <laughs> Palpatine, would you like to phone a friend? <laughs> Well, they do have cameras and all that, so I, I don't know. Some sort and that's of... how Padme phoned in the first one. Yeah. It would even be, oh, it would be like an, um, an ironic echo. How like in the first movie, Padme does this desperate call in to like have the Republic give Palpatine the means to help her, and now Anakin's doing the call in to give Palpatine the means to help him, but now it's like, help us stamp out the Separatists that are like, have a tyrannical rule on the outer worlds if the republic was able to impose its will on tatooine my mom never would have died i love big government it's it would be like the whole um your rebels are 
or your terrorists are our freedom fighters, but this is from like the they're just labeling these guys as terrorists, even though they have very legitimate reasons for being angry at at Coruscant and this in the central planet. Yeah. So for for the way to to shake out so that the rest of the movie happens, it would have to be like Padme being the one who's a little bit more sympathetic to the separatists. Yeah. And I think we should introduce Bail Ograna and his wife here. Yes. Jimmy Smith doesn't age, so That's true. <laughs> he is another immortal. Yep. <laughs> like they're not necessarily important until the third movie, but they need to have some kind of presence so they're not just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Cause Padme and Anakin, like I would even Anakin would be a little understanding of the separatist movement initially. But again, Palpatine would be convincing him that no, we need the Republic to go out there and take control. Restore order. Maybe Palpatine's from an outer, or I don't know if he is, but he could say that he's from an outer world. Like half the stuff Palpatine's going to say is probably absolute bullshit. Yeah. It's Bantha Poodoo. <laughs> but he can tell Anakin, like, yeah, I was from an outer world and that's why I never got trained and... But and probably why you almost never got trained. But hey, if we could if we could stretch the reach of the Republic out and control, and we could stamp out the huts and all the sand people and stuff, and then all the children would have the power to use the Force. This is a good thing. <laughs> Getting all of just hitting all of Anakin's buttons, like yeah. Oh yes, this does sound like a good idea. Is just me being a petulant teenager. And then, yeah, then Anakin will make an impassioned plea to either the Senate or the Jedi Council saying that we need to stamp out the Separatist movement because they're just going to let all this happen. And Padme's like, Anakin, no? No. Ah, Annie. Annie, why are you like this? Why am I sleeping with you? But it's not important. We got to go fight in the Coliseum. Yeah. (laughs) Time for aggressive negotiations. Yeah, so they go to Count Dooku and try to get him to, like, back off, and uh, it doesn't end well! And, and yeah, I think at that point it does pretty much just follow the same route as yeah. the original movie. Mace has got his purple lightsaber. Yeah, we are totally bringing back Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. I can't even think of someone who can fill his role. Yeah. Maybe Mike Coulter. Luke Cage. Yeah. They've got similar energy, but I think he needs to be just that little bit more louder. I'm sure he could get loud if he needed to. Yeah. It's just like, Mace Windu has a bit of the same energy that Samuel L. Jackson had in, um, fuck, uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. Like, I, th- I feel like people project too much of Samuel Jackson on Mace Windu, because Mace Windu was actually fairly soft-spoken. Okay. Like, he, he didn't get really angry until episode three, when he was like, Anakin, you idiot, Palpatine is obviously Sith. So, there's that. The other question I want to ask is, when do we want to introduce Ahsoka? Um, Ahsoka would be introduced in the Clone Wars. Like, yeah. when we do Clone Wars, you're going to have to take point, because I watched almost none of that. Okay, I'm going to have to get onto that Disney Plus then. <laughs> you, we have almost, like, we have a year at least. Yeah. So we, we have plenty of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like just like fitting her in. It makes more sense if we put her in the Clone Wars show than trying to force her into a movie. Yeah, but I feel like she should have some sort of place in uh, in Revenge of the Sith. 
oh no, for sure. But we don't. Yeah. We're not worrying about resentment of Sith right now. We're just worrying okay. about Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And I feel like as we've gone over it, a lot of Attack of the Clones on paper, a lot like Phantom Menace on paper, it works well. It it's just that the execution was so bad. Yeah. See, I think like as we talk through this, Attack of the Clones, at least the first two acts, need to be filmed like a like a Cold War spy movie almost. Yes. We almost need someone who's worked on a John Luke Ray movie. Yeah. Like because the situation is that there there's a there's a Cold War brewing. Yeah. People aren't uh, people who aren't named Anakin don't know who to trust. <laughs> <laughs> I would almost say like someone who is um who has a Bond movie under their belt. I don't know any of those people. Yeah. Adele? No, she just sang the song. What's the current what's the name of the current Bond movie coming out? Uh You Never Die Tomorrow Today. <laughs> it's called No Time to Die. Yeah. Sam Mendez is the current director, it looks like. Okay. But really, yeah, like any Bond director. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a Cold War movie, a little bit of a spy caper, and then at the end, that's when it becomes more of a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And we bring in someone who has more like, their history is more with, like, sword fighting and action. Yeah. So, uh, Kerry Joji Fukunaga is the guy who directed uh, No Time to Die. Or is directing No Time to Die. He... I have to double check, but I think he actually has a quite a variety of films under his belt that he's done well. Filmography. Uh, Sinobre... Jane Eyre, that one was a good movie. He also did It. Yeah, uh, Beast of No Nation. And he's done stuff on True Detective. Yeah. So you know what? If we get Kerry Fukunaga in here, he could probably cover the whole thing pretty well. Yeah. The other director that I would like to see take a crack at a Star Wars movie would be Denny Villeneuve. But that depends on what he's doing with Dune and how successful Dune is. That feels like it would be one of the... Not necessarily one of the main films. That would be like one of the spin-off films. Yeah, like I would almost say... Give him an Old Republic film. Yes. And then I feel like we've covered... Pretty much everything because I'm pretty sure John Williams is still around. (laughs) I'm I'm sure there's a clause in his will that it's like, if you need to do another Star Wars, you can just reuse... Listen, my... No, actually not even his will, just like... All of his music for Star Wars is owned by Lucasfilm, I imagine. We can just use the same stuff. It holds up. We don't need new. And, like, I imagine he's got a massive back catalog of stuff that hasn't been recorded yet, or, like, stuff that he's like, eh, maybe It was never used, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sort of like how, like, Tupac and Biggie had, like, the massive amounts of stuff that they recorded just to get out of uh, recording contracts. (laughs) So we're going to throw a little bit of Tupac and Biggie into this, this too. <laughs> I, I was just saying, like, some yeah, artists no, yeah. have, like, yeah. <laughs> massive do- dismog- discographies waiting to go. Yeah. Hmm. Can you think of anything else that we, specifically for episode two? Oh. Because I feel like, I don't want to miss anything is my thing. I feel like stuff that we haven't mentioned that we're changing can stay the same. Yeah, and it just, like, as I said earlier, just feels like that there was a really good movie in there. It just got bogged down by, like, poor execution. 
the the story of Star Wars at large is very good, and it just needed better. It just needed, I guess. It just needs another go, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those stories where it's like, I would say most of the Star Wars stories needed one more pass by an editor. Yeah. And I think with Attack of the Clones, I almost needed like two. Mm-hmm. And I I said earlier that one of George Lucas's biggest weaknesses was always like writing dialogue. So you need someone whose sole job is to make sure that this actually makes sense when you speak it out loud. Yeah. Like, um, fun thing about adapting books, uh, often the dialogue gets changed dramatically because as it turns out, it sometimes doesn't sound right coming out of your mouth when you're actually speaking it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but I think on that note, um, can you think of a segue for a friendship promo? There's sand in my boots. <laughs> that doesn't even make no, sense. No. <laughs> there wasn't any real stand-up lines from that fucking movie aside from the whole sand thing. Yeah, that's true. We will force past you a uh, a friendship promo right now. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Home for Wayward OCs. My name is Christina, and this is a podcast where every second and fourth Monday of the month, a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. So, if you're interested in hearing about different original characters people have made up, like a superhero created for a thesis project, an NPC who is destined to die but is still loved, or a blatant Pokemon self-insert on a mission, or if you like tangents about maple syrup and gender politics in media, you can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher or on Twitter at waywardocpod, or through the waywardocpod hashtag. We hope to see you soon! Alright, we're back from the friendship promo. We've got sand everywhere. We awkwardly ate pears. And, and, and then Baby Yoda cut it off halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I'm on Twitter at lindsaym476, that's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at sparkyupstart on Twitter and at sparkyyoungupstart on Instagram. You can also find this very podcast at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I boot you first, and they're pronounced, BEGUN! THE CLONE WARS HAVE! Um, and... You can get to this very podcast on Instagram at not if I reboot you first. That's all one word. The hashtag is N I I R Y F, and that is pronounced Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we didn't mention C three PO at all, and we yeah. don't have to because we did cover that part in the last episode, and we'll just reiterate it again for next year. Yeah, R two is. I mean, R two can be involved with the main trio, and then C three PO works at the Jedi Temple. That's what we said. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about that. That one weird section of the ending where C-3PO's head is on a baldroid body. Yeah, that was weird. They're like, you, you know what this is missing? Antics. You know what was the problem? George Lucas suddenly got a lot of new toys and wanted to use all of them in his new movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
That may, that may have been uh, Attack of the Clones' other failing, is that it's extremely overstuffed. Yeah, when you look back at it, someone should have go, George, no! <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, like, we, we do need to like, execute almost everything that we covered um, in order to like, even just set up the Clone Wars. So it's, it's, it's a balancing act to make sure that everything lands smoothly. <laughs> yeah. But anyways... Um, you can also email us at notifireaboutyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or reasons why you don't like sand. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you just send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. Except for this episode where we had planned ahead and we knew what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> um... If you would like to support us more directly, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash notifyrebootyoufirst where you can get a bevy of bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shoutout for all of our patrons, including Charlie and Cassidy. Thanks, Charlie and Cassidy! You can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. Lindsay. Tanner. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Hintus the Wise? <laughs> no. Well, legend has it that you have a, a hint for next week. Oh, uh, fuck. You know what? Fuck it. Because it's been on my, uh, on my mind, we're gonna go and visit the Bennett sisters. Oh! Oh, is a gentleman caller calling? <laughs> yes, we've been cordially invited to a ball at Pemberley. <laughs> You know, I, I feel like I have to mention, I, t I told one of our upcoming guests that we, we do the hint just to be like a teaser for next week. I'm realizing that a lot of our hints are incredibly obvious lately. Yeah. <laughs> but we will be worrying about that next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye.